Hello, and welcome to the Christ Walk Church Podcast. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Don't you just love Taylor? She's the cutest. We, we love Taylor around here. She's, she's awesome. And every time, like, just that video just makes me happy. Taylor just makes me happy. She has one of those contagious personalities. And so if, you, if you've ever gotten a chance to be around her, um, or if you haven't gotten a chance to be around her, definitely take that opportunity before she goes off to college this next year, um, which we're going to be really sad about, but happy for her. Hey, uh, today is a big weekend. Um, and uh, we're celebrating veterans this weekend. So I, I want to, before we jump into the service today or to the message today, I just, I just want to know, is there any veterans that are here in service with us? If, if there is, would you, would you just make that known by standing up? Anybody all around? Can we just give? Yeah. You know, freedom isn't free. And because of men, these men and women and others like them, um, they, they have making, made sacrifices on our behalf so that we have the opportunity to come in to a place like this on a Sunday morning and, and to worship. And so I, I just want to thank you guys um, from, from our staff and, and the church at large. Thank you guys so much for the sacrifices, the effort, everything that you've done on behalf of us and on behalf of our country um, and happy Veterans Day to all of you and, and to your families that, um, that have, have been in the trenches alongside you. Um, we are, uh, we're in week two of our series, The Search for Happiness. And so we've, um, we've begun to take a look at some of the things that Scripture um, reveals to us that can make us happy that can lead to us arriving to a place of happiness in our life because that's what we all want. Like I guarantee you, if I asked everybody in the room, do you want to be happy? Um, 99.9% of you, there's always that one weirdo. Don't point any fingers. But 99.9% of you would say, yes, I want to be happy. Like that is a driving force in my life. And so last week, as we kicked off the series, we talked about wealth, that, that our wealth or our money is one of the things in our life that we often look to that makes us happy. And especially if we have a lot of wealth, right? But we learned last week that it's not about how much we have, but it's about how much we give. And so with, with that, talking about wealth and generosity, that's then going to serve as the foundation um, for today's concept that we're gonna talk about, which will, which will serve as the foundation. It's gonna be like this, this staircase that we're going to build over the, the coming weeks as we get to this point of happiness in our lives. So if you've got your Bible or a smart device with you, I wanna encourage you to turn with me, swipe with me to the book of First Peter. We're gonna start in chapter one, right there at the beginning of First Peter. Now, the Bible is divided into two big chunks. You've got the Old Testament at, at the beginning, the, the, the first part of the Bible, and then you've got the New Testament that is the second part of the Bible. And First Peter is almost all the way at the end of that second chunk of the Bible, the New Testament. And so um, very, very close to like, go to Revelation all the way at the end of your Bible and then back up just a few books and you'll find yourself in First Peter. And um, I, this may come as a shock to you, but this is the first book that 
Peter wrote. I don't know, just a little, a little um, yeah, I have, a, I have a Bible degree from college. Um, many of you know that I'm a reader, and uh, particularly in the realm of leadership books. I'm always looking for, um, for that thing that's going to give me a competitive edge when it comes to leadership. And uh, I'm, I'm always, I, well, I, I have no desire or, or there's, I realize that there's the possibility that I'm never going to be the best at anything that I do. I do realize that I can always be better. So I'm constantly trying to improve. And I stumbled across this incredible leadership book the other day. And I want to share kind of a synopsis with you today. And this book, in case you haven't heard of it, many of you probably will have heard of it. It's a little book called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good very bad day. It's actually a children's book from way back in the day that I grew up with. But it has some, some leadership principles, some, some things about it that I think if, if we would all uh, consider and apply to our lives, that it might help us to arrive at that place of happiness that we are so striving to get to. And so if you've never read the book or, or if you haven't seen the movie or maybe if it's been a while, let me, let me kind of catch you up on what Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day is all about. See, Alexander, when he woke up that morning, he knew it's going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day because he had gone to sleep the night before with some gum in his mouth. And when he woke up, the gum was in his hair. And then on the way to the bathroom, he tripped and fell over his skateboard and he threw his, accidentally threw his sweater into the sink and there was running water. And then he went down to breakfast and his, his, his siblings got the toy out of the cereal box and all Alexander got was cereal. And then on the way to school in the carpool, he didn't get a window seat and he had to sit in the middle, squish between some people and some bad stuff happened at school. And then, and it goes on. And then even later on that night for dinner, they had lima beans. And then mom had the control of the TV remote and there were his adults kissing. Yuck. Kissing on TV? Gross. He wanted to watch cartoons. And those are just the highlights of Alexander's day. There's, there's tons and tons of stuff that just everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. And Alexander's solution throughout the book is, I think I'm going to move to Australia. Surely things would be better in Australia, right? Has anybody ever had a day like that? Anybody ever had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? Like, like you overslept and so you're running late only to get out into the driveway and realize that you've got a flat tire, which is putting you even further behind. And then on your way to work, you spill coffee on yourself and you're wearing a nice white shirt. Or you get to school and you realize that you've left your homework on the coffee table or you get stuck in traffic behind two log trucks on 200. Yes. 
and you contemplate just turning around and going back home and getting back into bed because your life is officially over for the day. Those of you that have experienced that know exactly what I'm talking about. Or maybe your football team loses. And then a couple days later, your basketball team, who's perennially very, very good, gets blown out. And then a few days after that, your football team loses again. Maybe something like that happens. Or maybe you get a pink slip at the office. Maybe you get a phone call from the debt collector. Maybe you get a negative diagnosis from your doctor or you come home to find out that he's moved all of his stuff out. He's just left you there alone with the kids. And what happens when one day like that turns into a week like that, into a month like that, into a year like that? you ever felt like maybe packing things up and just moving to Australia or maybe something even worse? See, in, in John chapter 10, Jesus tells us that our enemy, the devil, that he has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. And the thing that he wants to steal the most from you and from me is nothing other than our joy. So for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about this concept, this idea of joy, living a life full of joy. And so I said that, that I believe that that's the number one thing that the devil wants to steal from us. And the question is, well, why? The answer is simple, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Right here in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it's, says, don't be sad because the joy of the Lord will make you strong. Now, I recently heard of a study that some scientists did, and they discovered that, that the joy center in our brains as humans, that it has um, an infinite capacity for growth. That you can never fill up the joy center in your brain enough that there's always going to be more room for you to experience more joy. And so what that tells me is that the reason that the, the enemy wants to steal our joy away from us is because we have, we have an unlimited capacity to receive the joy of the Lord. And when we receive the joy of the Lord, we convert that into strength. And so the devil knows that if he can rob us of our our joy, then he can take away the strength of the Lord working in and through us. And then you and I, we become powerless. So it's, it's, no, it's no wonder that the devil's main tactic against us, his, his first, first attack towards us is to steal or to rob us of our joy. But then the question for all of us becomes, when that happens, what do we do about it? When the devil swoops in and tries to take away our joy, how do we respond? And so that's what we're going to look at for the next few minutes. And we're going to jump into our passage here in 1 Peter. Peter writes this in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 3. He says, praise be to God or to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In God's great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. 
Now we hope for the blessings God has for his children. These blessings, which cannot be destroyed or be spoiled or lose their beauty, are kept in heaven for you. God's power protects you through your faith until salvation is shown to you at the end of time. Now, so far, this is sounding pretty wonderful. All right. But let me just tell you, and this is like the part where I don't become a very good salesman. If you are not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, just because you step into that relationship with Jesus Christ doesn't mean that it's all sunshine and rainbows all of a sudden. It doesn't mean that everything just like lines up and that you're walking on the clouds and that nothing can harm you or, or, or that you don't have bad days anymore or that none of those things that we've talked about that they ever happen to you. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Sometimes when you take a step towards faith in Jesus Christ, the enemy attacks you all the more difficultly, all the more intensely, and you face an even greater amount of adversity. So this is what Peter is writing about. And he says, these things, they make you very happy, even though now for a short time, different kinds of troubles may make you sad. These troubles come to prove that your faith is pure. This purity of faith is worth more than gold, which can be proved to be pure by fire, but will ruin. But the purity of your faith will bring you praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is shown to you. You have not seen Christ, but still you love him. You cannot see him now, but you believe in him. And here's the, here's the climax of it all. So you are filled with a joy that cannot be explained, a joy full of glory. And you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So, so what does that mean for us this morning? Well, number one, it means that even for those of us who are in Christ, those of us who believe in Jesus, and, and I realize that everybody in the room may not fit that description and if you don't, that's okay. I'm glad you're here because this is a place that you don't have to believe in order to belong. So thanks so much for being here. Hopefully you'll learn some things from today's message and you'll figure out some ways to begin to apply these scriptures to your life so that you can live in this way because I believe it adds a value. I believe that this is the best way for us to live. But just because we are in Christ, that doesn't mean that we are going to escape adversity. In fact, Peter says, troubles are coming. You are going to face trouble, difficulty, adversity, hurdles. Bad things are going to happen to you in this life. Just mark it down, take it to the bank. It's on its way. And if it hasn't come yet, just get ready because it's around the next corner. It's going to happen. But... When we walk through the fire, God is not punishing us. He's purifying us. See, they would put, the, they would put metal through the, the refiners. They, they put metal through, through fire and they get it really, really hot until it melts down. And then, then the dross, the impurities in the metal rises to the top. And so they're able to, to remove those. They're able to take it away from that metal so that every time they do that and they refine it further and further and further, the, the gold becomes more pure. It becomes more valuable. 
And so when we face trouble, when we face adversity, when we face obstacles, it's not that God is punishing us. It's that he's purifying us. He's, he's teaching us something. He's walking us through a situation so that we can become better, that we can become different than what we used to be. And that's his way of purifying us. That's his way of, of emptying us of the impurities. It's, it's his way of causing us to, def, to depend more fully upon him. And the bigger thing going on in all of this passage is highlighted right here at the end in verse 9. And it's where we get our big idea for today. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Because when it comes to joy, what I believe all of Scripture teaches, and particularly this passage from 1 Peter teaches, is that joy isn't based on our circumstances. It's based on our salvation. Joy is not based on our circumstances. It's based on our salvation. In fact, this is the goal of our faith in Jesus Christ. We have faith in Jesus, not so that life will be perfect. No, we have faith in Jesus because it means the salvation of our souls and that one day this life here on this earth is going to cease to exist. But for those of us that have put our faith and our hope and our trust in Jesus, we are going to go to a place called heaven that he has gone to prepare for us and we are going to live there with him forever and ever and ever for all of eternity with everyone else who has put their faith and their hope and their trust in him as well. That is the goal. That joy isn't based on our circumstances. It's based on our salvation. And because of the salvation offered us through Jesus Christ, you and I can have joy regardless of our situation. Okay? So there's two kinds of joy, though, that I need to highlight for you today. The the first kind of joy is contingent joy. Contingent joy. And contingent joy says, if only. That's what contingent joy says. Contingent joy says, if only he would notice me. If only I could get that promotion at work. If only my kids weren't so rebellious. If only I had a better car. If only I was as handsome as Pastor Blake. If only I could get married. If only we could have a baby. If only I could buy a house. If only, if only, if only. That when if only happens, then I'll be happy. That if when if only happens, then I will be able to be joyful. And the problem is, is that all of this is dependent upon a certain desired outcome. And then even when, if only comes around, it never lives up to the hype. Because we get to if only and we realize it wasn't as good as we thought it was. And so then we have another cycle of if onlys that are produced. You know, if only I could get a thousand dollar raise and then that thousand dollar raise comes and you're like, man, what I really meant is if only I could get a five thousand dollar raise. And if only is never good enough 
See, here's the deal. You can't have a testimony without a test. And perhaps, if only isn't coming to us, perhaps we are, we are facing a test in our life because the Lord is wanting to build something into us because he has even greater things in store. Did you ever stop to think that maybe if only is something much less than what God has planned for your life? And that maybe if you got if only, you would be taking second or third or fourth best. That if you could just face the adversity, if you could just wait it out, that God has something so much better for you on the other side. But you are so blinded to what that could be because you're so hung up on if only. So you and I, we've got to face the test of life with courage, not with some contingency plan. We got to face the test of life with courage. And that's where courageous joy comes in. Courageous joy says, because Jesus. See, where contingent joy says, if only. Courageous joy says, because Jesus. And here's what Jesus said in John chapter 16. He said, now you are sad, but I will see you again and you will be happy. And no one will take away your joy. See, the principle that Jesus is communicating to his disciples right there is that since no one can take away your Jesus, then no one can take away your joy. That I am with you always, he said, through the hilltops and the valleys, even until the very end of the age. And I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And since no one can take me away from you, then no one can have your joy. Can death take away your joy? No, because Jesus is greater than death. He has overcome death, hell, and the grave. Can failure take your joy? No, because Jesus is greater than all of our sins. Can betrayal take your joy? Nope, because Jesus will never leave us or forsake us? Can sickness take our joy? No, because he is our healer. By his stripes, we have been healed. Can disappointment take your joy? No, because even though our plans may work out, we know that his plans for us are so that we would have a, a good future full of hope and that everything is gonna work out according to his plan and purpose for our lives. But you and I, we have to operate, we have to walk in this courageous joy. And so now that we know this, the question becomes, you guys ask such good questions, how do we walk, how do we live our lives exhibiting courageous joy instead of contingent joy? And I want to share three things with you. So if you're taking notes, again, just write these three things down. This is how to exhibit courageous joy in your life. The first one of those things is you got to choose it. You have to choose it. James chapter one says, when you have many kinds of troubles, you should be full of joy because you know that these troubles test your faith and this will give you patience. Let your patience show itself perfectly in what you do. Then you will be perfect and complete and will have everything 
you need. So when you come against these things in your life, when you face this adversity, when you experience these troubles, you should be full of joy. That's simply something that you choose. So when we face these kinds of things in our life, we need to be thermostats instead of thermometers. A thermometer just tells you what the temperature in the room is. A thermometer says, this situation isn't very good, so I'm going to be in a bad mood. A thermostat, though, sets the temperature of the room. And a thermostat says, it doesn't matter what the situation is, I'm choosing joy over here. The situation can look destructive, it can look dire, it can look like my life has come to an end, but I'm still choosing because I'm set here on the principles of God. And my concern is not what's going on in my circumstances, my focus is my Savior. And so today, I'm going to choose joy couple weeks ago, I had a terrible week. I had one of these things. Well, it started off on a day like, like Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And Monday turned into Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. You can ask my family and I was miserable to be around because I wasn't choosing joy in my life. As a matter of fact, I ran into Tony and Jordan Dean out in, out in public somewhere, and I was just a bitter mess, and I was complaining about something and everything. And I, I later, I had to apologize to them because of it. I was just in a foul mood. And it's because I'd become a thermometer instead of a thermostat. I was allowing my situation, my circumstances, the things that were coming against me to dictate the way that I was living my life instead of focusing on, hey, none of this matters. At the end of the day, Jesus is my savior. And if God sees fit to take my life from me right now, I'm going to a place that has been prepared for me. So based on that and on that alone, I choose joy. So you got to choose it. Second thing, not only do you have to choose joy, you have to create it. You have to create joy in your life sometimes. Psalm 100, verse 1, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. That first word right there, make, that means it might not come naturally to you, but you're going to have to generate it. You're going to have to like reach down deep inside. It might have to come up from your toenails or whatever. But, but when you face these situations at some point, you're just going to have to grin and bear. And you're, you're, it may even come out ugly. But you've got to make a joyful noise. When you, when you choose to walk in joy, sometimes you're going to see something. I don't feel like being joyful right now. But you have to just create it. Because you know that that's, that's an investment that, that God's already paid by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross. And so he's not going to leave us hanging. When, when we speak out in joy, we're going to be reminded of all of the blessings that we have in and through him, of all the things that he has done, he has done on our behalf. And so, so whenever we face these situations, we don't, we don't need to bring about complaining and curses and, and why did you do this to me, God? And, and why am I walking through this? And why am I having to deal with this and everything? No, thank you, Jesus. You just have to make that. You have to create it in your life. God, I just, I praise you. I praise you that even though 
I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now. That You have not forgotten me. You have not forsaken me. Like Pastor Ryan said earlier, you know the number of hairs that are on my head and that you are for me. You are not against me. And so I lean into you. I put my faith and my hope and my trust in you. My situation doesn't look good. But because you've saved me, my outlook is incredible. And you have to create it in your life. Choose joy, create joy. And the third one, you got to coach joy. Sometimes you just got to coach your joy. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, it says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. And we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So sometimes when we, when we face this kind of adversity, when we face these kinds of situations in our life, we need to strengthen ourselves with the joy of the Lord. We got to coach it up inside of us. You need to quit. You need to quit listening to yourself and you need to start talking to yourself. There's a difference there because when you listen to yourself, you're going to look at how bad the situation looks. You're going to look at all the reasons why you lack. You're going, to, you're going to look at all the reasons why you can't, why it's not going to work out, why it seems hopeless, why the resources aren't there, why you're not good enough, why you're not this, why it's not that. No, you need to start, instead of listening to yourself and that voice of the enemy that starts to rattle around in your head, instead of that, you need to begin to proclaim the word of the Lord to yourself and say, because, because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I am an overcomer that when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And you need to begin to coach yourself and say, you gotta live this way. You can't listen to the things that are going on in your head. That's the voice of the enemy at work in your life. You've got to encourage yourself, strengthen yourself in the joy of the Lord and walk in that. So talk to yourself. Don't listen to yourself. You guys see what I'm saying? Choose joy. Create joy. Coach up joy. And that's how you'll be able to walk and live in the realm of courageous joy in your life. But here's the thing about these two kinds of joy, both contingent and courageous. They're both contagious. Both contingent joy and courageous joy, they are both contagious. Have you guys ever been around an if-only person? If only this were different. If only this were better. If only that would change. If only I had that. You're around a person like that for too long, you start thinking, well, yeah, they're right. And you take a negative outlook on life. And you start to see all the areas in your life that are subpar and that, that need to improve. It makes you miserable as well. How many of you have ever been around somebody that's full of courageous joy? Like someone who's like terminally ill, but they just have this will to live. And, and you know that they're sick and they're in the hospital, but they got a smile on their face. 
and they're just, they're just full of this positive energy and the, the joy of the Lord just flows out of them. You want to be around a person like that because, because you would look at them and you would say, you know, you have every reason in life to complain. You have every reason to be miserable and just, just to hate everything and, and that your situation isn't changing and everything. There's just something about them because of that, just that shift in their attitude. They just, they inspire you. They raise your level. You, you want to be around that person. You, you can feed off of that. And their story, the, the story that they tell, the story that they live out, they make you want to be a better person. They make you realize, man, I, I don't have it as bad as I thought I did. Things are actually pretty good for me. Both of these kinds of joy are contagious. Question that I have for you this morning is which one do you want to spread? Do you want to be a person that spreads contingent joy in the community? Do you want to be a person that goes out and says, well, you know, like I'm a Christian and everything, but, you know, I've experienced this and I've gone through that. And if only God would change my situation, then things would be okay. Or, do you want to be the kind of person that spreads courageous joy? The people look at and say, man, how do you do it? Everything in your life has gone wrong, but yet you have a smile on your face and a spring in your step. And I just love being around you. And that's the kind of person that I want to be. I want to be someone that spreads courageous joy. We have the power to choose what kind of joy we spread. And this is what one of the greatest leaders that I know said, John Calipari. He said, true joy is when you do something for someone else. True joy is when you do something for someone else. And so what that looks like for us today and a good rule of thumb and maybe, maybe a, a good way for you to remember it is when we look at the word joy, we think of it this way. Jesus first, others second, and yourself third. Jesus first, others second, and yourself third. Because the way that the devil robs us of our joy is he gets us just looking at us. And we lose our focus on the things around us. We lose our focus on the things that Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. We lose our focus on the people in the world that he has called us to go and reach. We lose our focus on the, the people that have it worse off than we do. And so we begin to throw this internal pity party and we're all focused on me, 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 me. And if my situation was different, if this changed, if that changed, and, it, and if it all worked out for me, then things would be okay and we lose sight of the thing that we're supposed to be focused on in the first place. And joy reminds us is that it's not about us, it's about other people. It's about what Jesus has already done that has paved the way for us to do something for somebody else. We talked about it last week that we've been blessed to be a blessing. So if you need to, to like kickstart the joy in your life, then I wanna encourage you do something for somebody else. You'll get a great amount of joy added to your life by adding joy to someone else's life. 
and it will totally change your perspective. And we've provided you with a tool to do just that. Um, In your seat or in a seat near you, you've got a card that looks like this. It's white with orange writing on one side and orange with white writing on the other side. We call this a bless back card. On this front side, it says something extra to show you God loves you. And then on the back, it just has some information about the church. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this card with you this week. And I want you to go to Starbucks and buy coffee for somebody in line behind you and just hand them this card. Or if you're at a drive-thru, I want you to pay for the person behind you and get the, get the person at the window to hand them this card. Or, or maybe you want to bless a coworker. You want to bring them, bring them flowers or bring them their favorite candy. And so when they show up to their desk, um, they have this card with, um, you know, with the Hershey's with almonds laying there. And it's just something a little extra to show you that God loves you. Maybe you want to go and mow your neighbor's grass or rake their leaves or, you know, whatever. Just find something that you can do to add joy to someone else and give them this card and just let them know. This is just something extra to show you that God loves you. Because the greatest thing that we could do to spread joy is to spread the love and the hope of Jesus Christ people would come to see that our joy, it's not based on our circumstances, but it's based on our salvation and that that salvation comes through Jesus Christ who died on our behalf so that we could put our faith and our hope and our trust in him, be forgiven of our sins and get to go to heaven with him forever and ever and ever. That is the source of our joy today. Imagine what would happen if each and every person in this room took one of these cards and we went out into the community this week and we just sowed the seed of the joy and the love of Jesus Christ into someone else's life. Imagine the chain reaction that would take place. Imagine the difference that you and I could make together. I just want to encourage you to do that. If you can, if there's one close to you, would you just grab this card and we're going to close in prayer. We're just going to pray over these cards. Today, everybody just grab it, hold it in your hand. Let's pray over these cards today. Heavenly Father, there's nothing magical or special about this piece of paper that we're holding in our hands, Lord, but it's the sentiment behind it. It's that because you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins, Lord, and, and, and that that is the true source of the joy that we have as believers. God, we want to share that joy with the world around us. Lord, I I pray that you would give us eyes to see the situations that people are dealing with around us, Lord, and and give us the, the resources and the abilities necessary, Lord, to make a difference in and through those situations, Father. Lord, I pray over these people that as as we partner together as a church to go out this week, Lord, and make a difference and and spread joy, the joy and the love of, of Jesus Christ into someone else's life. Lord, that you would do just that. Lord, that you would infuse them with joy and that they would come to see that you know them and that you see them and that you love them and that you care about them. Lord, in the in and through some small gesture, a cup of coffee, a meal, a random act of kindness, 
Lord, that someone's life could be changed forevermore. And we just thank you for the opportunity to be your hands and feet in our community. And we just give you the glory and the honor and the power and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. At Christwalk Church, we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. For more information about Christwalk, please visit us at thechristwalk.com.